Well, I have with me today psychotherapist Elizabeth Meehan. And Elizabeth isn't just a psychotherapist, but she is also our bookkeeper at Madison Church. And she's a former missionary to Ethiopia. And so kind of what don't you do, Elizabeth? But today we want to talk to you specifically about uh, your skills and your expertise as a therapist. We're in the series called Mind Matters. And we're tackling the issue or trying to tackle the issue of mental health, mental wellness, mental illness. And so this week, we're talking about anxiety. Next week, depression. In a few weeks, we're going to talk about suicide. So some very heavy topics um, that we're putting out there. Um, So I just want to say thank you for joining us and lending us your expertise. I'm going to just jump right into this first question um, that I think I've I've been thinking a lot about because I think there are a couple people or a couple types of people, which is like maybe some people who really need counseling or really need some sort of help. They they have an issue with their anxiety, but they don't realize it. Or maybe somebody doesn't and it is manageable, but they think that it's really bad. And so I, we all struggle with anxiety, but when will somebody know that anxiety becomes a problem? Yeah, we do all struggle with anxiety. I'm glad you you noted that. Um, every, everybody has it. There's a reason for that. Um, our body has this natural response to perceived danger, and that's an anxious response. When it becomes a problem is when it starts to interfere with our everyday life, when it stops us from living our life to the fullest, and when it stops us from accomplishing the things that we really want to accomplish. Wow. Um yeah, that's uh, that sounds like me. Uh, but I, I'm sharing my story a little bit in the message today about my walk uh, with anxiety. Uh, a similar question to what I just asked, but perhaps geared more towards somebody who doesn't have a problem like right now. Is there a dashboard? I mean, and a dashboard like in the sense of a car that tells us how much gas we have, how fast we're going, check engine light. Is there a dashboard that people have to know when maybe anxiety is becoming an issue? You know, I'm not sure it's something naturally built in for people. I think when, what I've noticed with clients is when they start to feel just overwhelmed by it, like it consumes more of their day than joy consumes or stops them from being able to get in the car to go to work, stops them from being able to enjoy time with their children. Really kind of, again, it's when it gets in the way of living your best life and stops you from performing the tasks that you've normally been able to do. So when it gets in the way of those things and we notice, okay, here's a problem. Maybe we need to work towards some change. Okay. So yeah, it, they notice that they're worrying a lot, that they're kind of maybe obsessing over some things, which kind of gets us into this realm of going into the next question, which is there are different types of anxieties. It's not just a general anxiety, but something that I think is becoming more well-known in society, but still maybe not um, that everybody knows. It's something like PTSD, Mm-hmm. It's something that isn't just war veterans can experience. It's something that um, our neighbors, our coworkers, or perhaps somebody listening or watching right now might have. Would you explain kind of maybe some of the different types of anxieties people have? Sure. There is generalized anxiety disorder, which I feel like most people who have kind of a crippling anxiety fall under for a diagnosis. Post-traumatic stress disorder is something that occurs 
relatively in a relatively short amount of time after a majorly traumatic event. Um, there are also some panic disorders, which are related to generalized anxiety disorders. So when you're talking about symptoms, racing thoughts, things that you just can't get a hold of, they take over um, kind of this hypervigilance that often comes with post-traumatic stress disorder. We're looking for that trauma again to come up in our life. Um, Excessive worry and fear is probably more like that generalized anxiety disorder, rapid heart rate, out of control breathing. These are things that come with panic disorders. So really all of them are related, um, but are different diagnoses that can fit underneath anxiety. Yeah. And I'm glad you mentioned it. And this wasn't one of the questions that we had prepared for, but in thinking about this whole series and, and talking about how like mental issues are health issues, physical issues and spiritual issues. And, you know, you are a, a therapist and um, you were a missionary. And so how do you see in your line of work with kind of your faith, how do you see anxiety affecting someone's spiritual life? Well, that's a really good question. I think a lot of anxiety comes from a place of guilt and shame people have this sense of guilt or this sense that they've done something wrong, or they have this sense of shame, this sense that they, that they are something wrong. There's something wrong with them. And a lot of people who were raised in a faith community seem to think that there's something edifying about guilt and shame. And just in my studies of the scriptures, I find nothing in there where God tells us there's anything good that comes from shame. And so I work with clients to really separate from that because I think a lot of anxiety, a lot of self-loathing, a lot of the whole, you know, your title, I don't like myself, um, comes from that sense of guilt and shame. And I think that's where the spiritual battle comes into play most often how I see it. Yeah. Wow. No, that's good. And and you're talking about some of the causes. It, it, it's kind of like conditioned and growing up in, in maybe a certain church or um, how your parents dealt with it. Um, what do you think are, or, or what are the causes um, and underlying issues for anxiety disorders uh, outside of the church? Yeah, probably the most common thing we see is trauma, that there's something in the life that kicked off this response that is an over-dramatized response to a perceived fear. Our brain responds as though we're in a life-threatening situation when really we're not in a life-threatening situation. And so our emotions and our thoughts and even our bodily reaction gets out of control to something that is not life-threatening, but that's how our body responds to it. And so usually, you know, we can trace that back to some trauma that's happened. Not always. I think you bring up an interesting point. Sometimes it is a learned behavior. This is how a parent responded to stressors or anxiety. Like we all have stress, especially this year. It's been a rough one. We've seen a huge uptick in anxiety in, in clients. Um, but it's whether or not we have that over-the-top reaction that gets away with us that we just can no longer live with. Right. And then going back to some of those symptoms that we talked about, the physical symptoms. Um, so somebody's watching right now or listening and they're they're beginning to think, man, they're they're talking and that kind of that sounds like me. And perhaps this is all new to them. And it's 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 since the pandemic and um, a general election, which is very contentious and a, a lot of things going on in life. Now, is there a progression in which to seek out help? Or are we talking about like Hey, I have anxiety. I need to go see a therapist three times a week. I need to get on like some big medicine and my whole life's going to be upended. Or is there a progression and steps that people can take? Yeah, I think that there can be a progression. So sometimes, you know, I'm a therapist. So naturally, I'm going to say, 
call a therapist. No therapist goes to you three times a week unless it's a life-threatening situation that the therapist determines the life life-threatening <laughs> situation. Um, but you know, I do think that there's a time and a place to talk to a friend as well, to reach out to someone. We we all know people who've had anxiety or who've struggled with that, who may have great thought processes to help us with this. There's a lot of great coping skills out there for anxiety that don't require a professional. Um, Talking to a primary care provider, your physician is a great option. They might be able to help you identify whether or not it's time to try some kind of medication or reach out to a therapist. They can make that referral for you. Uh, Talking to a minister is always a great first step. Ministers typically are pretty well trained on how to recognize when something is outside of their scope and to refer to outside services as well. Yeah, I I would start with a friend or a family member, somebody you trust and kind of work your way up from there. I like that. I, and I think that when people do come to me, it, it, it's pretty obvious within the first maybe three minutes of talking with them. If this is something I know that I'm going to be able to help them with. And other times it's like, no, here are some of the local um, places that are going to be able to help you. But it definitely, I think that if you are watching or listening and you, you're starting to maybe come around to this idea that your dashboard's going off, you're, you have these symptoms, maybe I have anxiety, you know, perhaps it is time to talk to a friend. Um, you know, as Elizabeth said, even your, your doctor would be a great place to start when you go into that um, annual checkup. Uh, now, somebody might be watching or listening, and they know that they have anxiety, or they know that they don't. They're like, they're pretty sure where they're at. But they're thinking of a friend, a family member, perhaps a spouse, um, a child, somebody that they know, somebody that they love who is struggling with anxiety, but maybe they're not recognizing it. They recognize it, the person recognizes it in someone else who doesn't. What advice would you give to somebody who wants to help a friend or family member, somebody that they love um, who might have anxiety? Yeah, I think having some simple information, even as simple as what we've shared here today, as far as what some of those symptoms are, when we know it becomes a problem, and just having a gentle conversation with that loved one to say, hey, you know, I've noticed that something seems to be going on. Could we talk a little bit about that? Sometimes all somebody needs is a hand reaching out to them to open that door up and make it more comfortable for them to talk about what's bothering them. Yeah, I like that. And that concept of just like gently doing it, you know, um, somebody who is um, dealing with anxiety doesn't need us to come and kick their door down and be one other thing that they have to worry about. But it is nice, I, I think, too, that when we do do this, and, and I am speaking as a pastor, but also like, when we do have people in our life who reach out to us, it helps us feel like we're seen. And if something was going on in my life, and I was being weird, and somebody took notice of that and asked me about it, I'd be really grateful. And even if I didn't want to talk to them about it, I, and I would tell them that <laughs> I don't want to talk to you about this, but I'd be very grateful that somebody noticed. And um, is there anything that you'd want to say directly to the people who are watching or listening right now who have anxiety, anything that we haven't asked or talked about? I think I just want to add to the guilt and shame comment. There's no shame in having anxiety. We do all experience it to different levels at different times in our lives. And talking to a professional, I know that there's still kind of a stigma out there about that. Uh, we're pretty helpful. <laughs> if yeah. you just 
open that door. All we want to do is help you make your life better. There's no judgment. It's a safe place. Um, a physician would be the same way. A pastor would be the same way. Shoot, most friends and family members would be the same way as well. And so don't hesitate to reach out and say, hey, I think I need some help with this. We've all been there with something in our lifetime. There's no reason to have shame over that. That then stops you from living living your best life. God, God certainly never said life would be easy once we become Christians, right. but he also doesn't want us to sit in suffering every day. Exactly. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm, I'm praying and believing that this series and these different talks are going to be able to really help a lot of people who um, maybe like what we talked about, grew up in or around the church, have some of this guilt and shame surrounded about it. There is a stigma talking about it. So I hope that by us talking about it in our church, we're at least able in our community to start to dismantle that. So thank you again so much.